from 22 to 30, every human on earth should live with four roommates in a shithole and go for every dream they have as hard as humanly possible. Now, if you're gonna be that kid and you're gonna go for your dream, pay attention to this next part. Attention is the number one asset. I know that you guys, some of you will have questions for Gary. Um... Oh, hey brother, what's your name? My name's Adia. So you've run so many successful businesses. Uh, a lot of them have been, the single businesses that you've run have been successful enough to help you through your whole life. Yes. What gives you the ambition to jump from business to business when you know that one of the businesses is enough for you to keep going forever? What gives you that courage to go from one business to another business in completely different fields? Because I view my business life as playing games. I don't, to your point, if I viewed my life from the framework of it being the financial needs I needed to live my life and my lifestyle, I'd be done already. I just don't, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to ski. <laughs> like, I don't want to golf all day. I don't want to go to Saint-Tropez and be on a yacht and drink rosé. I, I, I don't like that. Except for maybe three days a year. I want to build businesses. It's the game, it's the challenge. I professionally navigate my day to day the way every person right now, if they close their eyes and thought about what they like to do the most for a day, whether it's ski, golf, yacht, cook, listen to music, watch movies, make music. Like, it is my favorite thing to do. It's why I got such poor grades. I was incapable to even get C's because I couldn't give up every second of my 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year old self to not try to sell trading cards in the back of the classroom or daydream about things I would do for my dad's liquor store. Couldn't even give them a minute. So it's, it's who I am. Hi Gary, um, I like your story about your mom being... A gangster? <laughs> but I also like the fact that you're investing in people and you've got so many things going on in my head right now. How do you, be, how do you become gutless in business and once you've got your funding from the investor, how do you not get ambushed? Like how do you protect yourself? How do you, what mistakes that people do once they've got their funding and they trip off it? If you're talking about once you start a business that's funded by a VC, the mistake they do is they make every action to get the next round of funding. I'm talking about like, you know, mortgage house as well. Oh, I see. Do not convince courage or lack of fear with insanity. <laughs> Do not, right? Like, to, to me, I have never done anything professionally. The first 12 years of my career, my dad paid me somewhere between 40 and $80,000 a year. I made very little money in the scheme of things to 34 years old. During that time, I almost bought nothing. I lived in a very uncomfortably, humbly apartment. I saved money making $50,000 a year. When you think about things like losing your house, like when I say sell your home and then go live in an apartment so that you can buy yourself two years of coverage to go start something, that's about regret. That's different than having some random idea and maxing your credit cards out. Like there's frivolous and then there's strategic 
for your happiness. And so it's very nuanced and it has to be important. This is also why I tell everybody in their 20s, if you're 20 to 30, you should be doing nothing but high risk behavior. This is how the world has everything backed up, backwards. We tell kids that at 22, it's time to get serious. And they should have everything figured out. And you must go get a practical job. They're gonna live to 100. That is insane. From 22 to 30, every human on earth should live with four roommates in a shithole. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'll let you off. Buy $1 bad food and go for every dream they have as hard as humanly possible. Now, if you're gonna be that kid and you're gonna go for your dream, pay attention to this next part. And you're not allowed to ask your parents for money. Your parents should not be the funder of your dream. You should. Because if your parents are, you will become an entitled loser. (laughs) But if you do it, you will actually have the behaviors that may lead you to accomplish it. But if you don't, you will feel so good at 28, 29, 30, when you decide to go do something practical, that you actually tried. A lot of us in this room, over 35, 40, didn't get this chance because the internet wasn't this internet. But the world we live in now, the most practical thing every 22 to 30 year old should do is to go for it. But that's different than like, hey, I have a three year old child. I've got this idea, it's gonna be the next Facebook. And you, mor- you, know, you mortgage everything on this wild dream. There's too much delusion. That's very different than strategic, practical happiness reset. So just wanna make sure we have that calibrated. One more question. Hi Gary. How are you? Um, I just want to say a massive thank you because you've really inspired my entrepreneurial journey. Thank you, brother. You're a huge reason why I started my company. Um, so I started a company, we sell flavored toothpicks. Yes. Uh, so my first question is, if you think flavored toothpicks is a good business idea. <laughs> <laughs> my second question why, is- Why did you start it? Um, basically, we've seen like chewing gum, it's a huge market, and for 100 years it's been no real alternatives. Yes. And chewing gums, Plastic yeah, of course. Do you know how big the toothpick market is globally? Do you have any sense? I'm curious. I'm genuinely uh, curious. No, I, I mean, it's kind of like we have to create the market for ourselves. Yes, I understand. Um, well, from a flavored standpoint, but the overall, but, but you know, so let me tell you why I do like it. Yeah. I believe that the world, that the past will tell you the future. So, ironically, I asked you those questions because I was curious about how you were thinking about it, but ironically, you're gonna be very excited to hear this, I've actually looked at starting a toothpick business. Maybe we should work together. You willing to give up 99% of your equity? Um, you know, I looked at it about six or seven years ago because you know, there have been pockets in the last 100 years where toothpick culture was very high. And I actually think that there is room for it to get cool again. 100%, I think it's a product. Can I get you to try one real quick? You sure can. Thank you so much. So, Matt Mint. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, I'm Folk. Lovely to meet you. Pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. So we have Macho Mint, Pleasing Peach, Mindful Matcha, and we just released two new flavors, Mango Madness and Cosmic Cola. How much is this? Uh, so we're currently selling them in triple packs. So we sell three packs for £12. That means you're making real profit. 
Let's not put that part in the video. So, why are you telling them? Why are you telling them? Uh, we, so we sell them online on a website. Okay. So we, uh, we have you have you had any viral TikTok creative yet? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, so, so we, we actually we launched back in April, and um, we were at, we had around um, 490k followers. So, uh, it's called Pick'em. Pick'em. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. Um, yes, yeah, so we're kind of using like TikTok as a real driving force. And uh, so, this is real feedback. Yes. So, as someone who ironically genuinely does use toothpicks a lot, mm-hmm. often the the first thing that so first of all, from a flavor standpoint, very good. Yeah, like I, I like it, like it's flavor. Yeah. From a flavor standpoint, I'm happy. I like, I like where you're focused on social, that's real. That goes back to the practical, you could do it at night and you could do things like, many more people here can achieve things than they realize because of where social is. I think from a product standpoint, I'm surprised how quickly it's breaking on me because I chew my, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know that already? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're constantly. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, yeah, so new. that would be my first, like, Quick, like quick observation that for the small group of people like myself who actually use toothpicks, it's breaking too fast. Okay. Okay. But the reality is most people, if it got hot, wouldn't know it because they wouldn't have context. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that's something to just get attack them, get them through them faster and then order more. <laughs> yeah, exactly, fair enough. <laughs> you know. To be fair, I do feel gangster. <laughs> I think it suits you. I think it suits you too. I think you could, should continue doing this. I actually genuinely think that this could become a thing. The way fashion works, fashion circles. This was very big in the 50s and 60s. Yes. I think a lot of people do want to get out of bad habits. One of the things I'm incredibly concerned about is how accepted vape culture is for kids. Like, I don't know what we're all doing about this. It's a joke. Like, we put all that work in to get them off cigarettes, and now they're on this shit, and I have a very good feeling that in 20 years everyone's like, oh no, everyone's dying from cancer from this. Like this is black and white to me. So like I get excited about something like this, not only from the entrepreneurial journey, and I hope this works for you, but this is the kind of thing that I think could also get people that want to get off bad behavior. No, a lot of people have said that it's stopped them vaping, so it's been a really good thing. Good for you. Cheers. Let's clap it up for him. Fucking making these things. <laughs> I mean, he's got a question for you. I have a question. Please. Hi. Um, so I run a personal brand agency, mainly because you inspired me to start building a personal brand in 2018. So thank you very much. Of course. Um, I think the biggest issue with an agency, as you've probably found it much more acutely than I have, is scaling human capital. Yes. Selling people as a product. Yes. How do you effectively scale that, keep good people, without obvious answers, how do you scale that human capital in a way that's sustainable to a point like the level that you are? Because the biggest issue I've had is you get great people in, they develop through their career, we're a startup, they reach ceiling, we can't progress anymore, they move on, or we bring people in and they shit. <laughs> the thing that worked for us is we grew so fast that we didn't have ceilings at the same pace that most do. And then the other thing I did, I don't need to rekindle it, was I really went deep on the people. We're a 14-year-old company with 100 employees that have been there for over 10 years. That's insane. Especially in Adland, you know, right? So the two things you need to focus on 
is spending so much time with the, the second, how many people do you have? Uh, two of my team that week, 10 now, 11, yeah. Oh, you should have them all move in with you. <laughs> like, basically I, do. <laughs> I would say this, I would say, and this is like obviously with them there, but this is like real talk. You have to go into your head and decide which of the 10 to 11, hopefully for you all 10 or 11, realistically the way the world actually works, four or five. Whoever the four to five you think are that you want to be with you in six years from today, you must completely change your behavior with them tonight. You must genuinely actually, no bullshit, treat them like family, ask them the questions that are scary for small companies. You know, I've been through it, which is like, what drives you? Because when they're like money and you don't have it, you're like, uh-oh, like, you know, but you have to have those combos. And on the other side, you must at all costs focus on business development to get more business in because that, those dollars are feeding the oxygen for the retention because inevitably for so many of them, money is gonna be one of the variables, right? But inevitably out of 10 of them, five of them are gonna believe in you long-term so much that they'll be able to invest too. Just like so many of the people that work for me that are 10 years and longer, they made very little money. We were a smaller company, but they believed so much in me and then they got rewarded on the other side of the rainbow and I'm proud of that and that builds that retention and you're gonna have to have those conversations. Yeah, I mean, I wanna say for the power of personal branding and kudos to you, we're 100% inbound because of all the stuff I learned from you. I'm proud of you. It's funny, the, uh, the book that is coming next, next year, or this year, we're here now, uh, I'm putting out day trading attention it was originally called Jab, 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 Left Hook. It's the update to that book because I got so much feedback like you're giving me now about that book that I decided to write the 2024 version. I'm really excited about it. And like, as you know, even in this short window, how to be great at social media content not only changes every year, it changes every month, it changes every week. And so thank you for saying that and I'm excited about the new book.